Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, also do that while you're here Please. Okay, let's get into it. You might remember last summer when we did what we called uh, our summer shoot around where we uh, we did short episodes on 20 different teams, not necessarily the, the best 20, just 20 programs that we thought were interesting enough to focus on last offseason, plus a bonus episode that we auctioned off with all proceeds going to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. Shouts to Bellerman. More on that later. Uh, anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is we're doing it again uh, this summer. Year two of the summer shoot-around. It's going to be 21 episodes over a seven-week span, three a week, and we'll try to keep them less than 30 minutes each. Like last year, we're going to do them in alphabetical order, which means this summer we're starting with Arizona, where Tommy Lloyd is entering year three as coach of the Wildcats. Last season, Arizona finished 28 and 7 overall, 14 and 6 in the league. And that was good enough for a tie for second in the Pac 12 standings with USC, two games behind the regular season champion, UCLA. Arizona won the Pac 12 tournament. Then the Wildcats got a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Then they lost to 15 seeded Princeton. Great season. Bad ending. Ouch. Purdue knows the feeling. Four of the top six scores from that team are gone, but Umar Balo, Pella Larson, and Kylan Boswell are all back. I've got Arizona ranked 16th in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks about that next. But first, a word from our partners. Okay, Deadleg, before we get to Arizona, simple question. Are you mentally prepared to talk about 21 different teams over the next seven weeks? I'm good for it. Summer shoot around. Let's go. We would have started this a week ago. Somebody had to go on a little vacation. Well, so yeah, they, they put it in your contract. You got to take it at some point. True. Look I at me. You're, you're looking at a man who works seven days a week during the college basketball season, ranking 26 teams every single morning. I had not before last week taken a week of vacation yet from CBS Sports. So I decided to do that. And I got news for you. I'll be doing it again, probably in August. Maybe again in September, maybe again in October. 
seems like I might need to loop in Vicini a little bit more on the show soon. <laughs> I might be able to do that. I have yet to take a full on week, but uh, that'll be coming later on as well during the offseason. I'm ready. However, a small bit of housekeeping I need to explain something. So, yes, we have the 20 teams that we are going to do. I mentioned them on last week's episode. Um, and the 21st team is the auction, but there's a there's a hitch. OK, so um the eBay auction item for the 21st episode was made not by anyone with the show, but just but some someone else that that does a lot of the stuff. Because, listen, cover three, pick six. We do a draft a thon. We do a lot of raising money for charity. So there are people in charge of that. But there was a communication breakdown. And so that eBay bid item for the show for the 21st episode that expired on Tuesday. You're if you're listening to this right now, you're listening to it Wednesday morning, the show. So there is a fan base that won that auction item. But and so the, the money will be coming out of someone's account. And I do want to do good by those people. So as we are actually we are pre taping this on Tuesday due to scheduling. We don't yet know which fan base is going to win that, but it's going to be north of four hundred five hundred dollars. I will do something for you on YouTube. I will. You're, you're going to win an auction item. You're going to get that money taken out. I will do something. And here's a promise. You got to contact the show. Link up with Nada. When we get our new merch, you will get free show garb. That's also coming to you. But that is not the 21st episode. I wanted to change the auction end date, but the problem with eBay is the second that you have a person bid on an item, you are not allowed apparently to alter when the auction ends. So this thing went live. Someone bid on it. I said, I don't want this thing to end in July. We need to bring this into August. We need to have this thing so that we are really raising a ton of money for St. Jude for the kids. So this first auction item is done. You will get a YouTube special standalone I'll Paris. I'm not putting this on your shoulders. Okay. I will take care of this. I'll make it fun. We'll see which fan base wins the 21st episode. That auction is, we are going to have a new link. We are a professional operation here. We are going yeah, to have a new link. Seems like it. That is live. It's as you're listening to this podcast episode, it's going to be live. Anyway, it could be live right now. Now we, now the auction is going to start. It's not starting back at zero. It will start at the number that the first one ended. So we are encouraging you still rally your friends. And to me, it's funnier if a mid-major program wins. If we are doing, we did Bellarmine last year. I am, I am calling out the Winthrop's, the Valpo's, the Montana States, the Cal Poly's to me. That's awesome to perish. Maybe not as much. Our 21st show will be our final show and we will do a special episode, but because of a snafu with the eBay stuff, there is going to be someone that wins and pays for this. So they deserve something. We will take care of you on the YouTube side. They deserve what they paid for. You know, like, let, are we let, doing 22? Are we doing 22? Let, I mean, well, like, let's not screw somebody just because somebody on our end messed up. It's not their fault. So now we're doing 22 episodes. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, but I like I don't feel comfortable telling somebody if you bid on this and they do it and then they don't get what they were promised. They're going to get that. I mean, that's no get... way. That's no way, way to run a billion dollar. I, I don't disagree. I but yeah, yeah. The, this was the, the plan was never to have this auction end in the middle of July, like right when we're starting the series. We want people to listen to the series and then go into August, really get a because you know, there was some good volleying. There was some good rally. We want to we want to raise as much money as possible for St. Jude. So the longer you do uh, it, the more you, money you're going to raise. Yeah, maybe that should have been 
figured into the initial eBay. You know, I, I agree. So anyway, there's that. Well, at least we're off to a great start. We are. Let's let's, let's talk about Caleb Love. Arizona lost a lot, as noted, I don't know, five minutes ago or so. (laughs) But the Wildcats did add some notable transfers. Among them, Caleb Love from North Carolina. Also, Kashad Johnson from San Diego State. Jaden Bradley from Alabama. How optimistic are you, dead leg, about what will be year three for Tommy Lloyd at Arizona? I mean, I'm decently optimistic, but... I don't know. Like Pac-12 is interesting. It seems like this should certainly be should be a top three team in the conference. When you look at the, what they lost, Crease gone, ten points a game. Ramey's out, ten and a half a game. Uh, Cedric Henderson's gone. That was eight, and then obviously Tabellus was the big one, twenty points a game and a big and one of the best you know rim running bigs in the sport. Uh, now Ballo will be back, and he I think is anticipated to be a first-team all-Pac-12 kind of player, although the Pac-12 has 10 freaking players on its first team. Don't even get me started. So I'll say he's expected to potentially be one of the five best players in the league. I thought Larson would be even more of a factor a season ago than he was, and he was good, but he did not break out the way I anticipated. Maybe that will wind up being uh, this season, and then Boswell... I think is going to be the guy that really uh, emerges provided that he can play alongside Caleb love and they can get uh, a lot there. Um, there was, I talked to Mick Cronin down at peach jam and I never wound up. <laughs> I never wound up using this, uh, but it was all on record. Mick Cronin's like, I don't do anonymous. So he's like going, he's going off on this, that and the other. And I'm, I'm standing there next to Brian Dutcher and, um, and Cronin's like, you know, why, why did Keyshaw Johnson have to leave San Diego state? Like, why is he doing that? It's NIL. Of course it is. But you're telling me he wouldn't have had a better situation at San Diego state when he just got to the title game. I don't think Cronin's all that excited that, uh, that Johnson's coming into the league. I don't think he's going to be, you know, a top three, top four factor on this team, but he is a good piece. And as a grand tra- grad transfer, he's a really experienced guy. Uh, I think Arizona's chances of being a top 20 team are pretty healthy. Uh, Tommy Lloyd, is 61 and 11 his first two seasons. That's the most wins of any division one coach in their first two seasons in the history of the sport. Yes, you heard me correct. No one's won more through two seasons ever than Tommy Lloyd and his 61 dubs. He's 32 and eight in the Pac-12. He also won his first 26 home games. That's a Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8 record. No one in in the league's history had ever won 26 straight at home. Uh, to start a career there. So a lot of reason for optimism. I'm just not convinced that this year's team, the season's team is going to be as good as teams from years one and two. The first season was a one seed and was a really, really good team made it to the sweet 16. And then last season, we got to see if there is a hangover effect. I mean, Princeton kicked Arizona's ass and, you know, Zona went from a one seed then to a two seed and uh, didn't even make it to the second round, let alone the second weekend. Uh, that's not in the cards or the expectations this season. But I think this will be a good team, but I actually think it'll be his third best team since he got there. I, again, have Arizona 16th in the top 25 and one. That comes in second in the Pac-12 behind USC, which I have at number 12. I do not have any other Pac-12 schools in the top 25 and one right now. Colorado could reasonably be included. UCLA could reasonably be included. I think they'd be in my top 35 if they're not in my top 25 and one. Um, But, 
you know, Arizona, I've got second in, in the, in the pack 12 for what it's worth in the preseason rankings over at barttorvik.com. Tommy Lloyd's Wildcats are number 23. If you look at a, a, a possible, if not likely, um, starting lineup, like it's really interesting and it breaks down in some pretty obvious ways. You know, if you assume they're going to go Kylan Boswell, Jaden Bradley, Caleb Love, uh, Kshad Johnson and Umar Balo, then what you've got is two proven guys at the high major level in Caleb Love and, and Umar Balo, right? Um, Caleb Love is a flawed player. He didn't have a great season last season, but like he's undeniably talented and he is one at the highest level of the sport. So you got two proven guys that have done it at the high major level. Then you got two former top 30 prospects who didn't have like great freshman seasons, but that's part of the reason why they're back in school. And, you know, they could have that uh, breakthrough sophomore season that, you know, former five-star guys sometimes have. That's Boswell and Bradley. And then Johnson is an ultimate role player for from a team that just went to a Final Four. You know, he averaged 7.7 points, 5.0 rebounds in 22.2 minutes per game last season for San Diego State. He played a role in them, you know, making it all the way to the uh, national championship game. So, you know, a lot of this is going to come down to, you know, does Boswell break through? Does Bradley break through? Do they look like former five-star prospects as opposed to guys who um, maybe were a little more heralded than they should have been coming out of uh, out of high school? You know, as always, we'll see. But I do think it's worth noting that there are only two programs in the country that have multiple top 30 prospects from the class of 2022 set to be on their rosters. A lot of these guys are already out of college basketball. You know, they went to the NBA draft for better or worse. But there's two schools that have, you know, what amounts to college sophomores, multiple college sophomores who were top 30 in their high school class. One of them is Arizona with Boswell and Bradley. Trivia time. What's I the got, other? I got, I mean, Duke. It is obviously Duke. Yes. <laughs> Cal Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor are all back. Um, Boswell, according to 24-7 Sports, he was 25th in the class of 2022. Bradley was 27. Th- then at Duke, Cal Filipowski was 4th. Mark Mitchell was 13th. Tyrese Proctor was 23rd. So again, um, there's two starting, presumed to be starting guards who were really heralded coming out of high school, didn't have incredible freshman seasons. And with Boswell, remember, he reclassified, so he was very young last season. But if they have the breakthrough sophomore years that, that guys like them sometimes have, um, you know, then Arizona's got the pieces to not only finish top two in the Pac-12, but yeah, sure, they could win it. I want to get to the schedule in just a second, but let's focus in on Balo and Love. Um, Balo, I think, is pivotal to this team and its season-long goal of like winning the Pac-12, getting another really good seed and making a, a deep run into the tournament. Uh, you know, was a 14.2 point per game la- guy last season. And, you know, for a good stretch of his career was someone that, uh, you know, had a lot of potential behind his name. Like he started his, con- his career at Gonzaga, he followed Tommy to Arizona, and he was always just playing behind other bigs and just wasn't able to get on the floor. Then last season, he finally gets his moment and he shines well. Um, I think he's the sport, you know, because of the nature of it now, um, Fortunately, is just it's littered with really talented big men, and Balo is probably the guy who I think has 
the best chance at being like a top five big in the sport that's getting the least amount of attention for that possibility, if you if you follow what I'm saying there. So if he can do that and be a centerpiece and, and grow his game even more, uh, I think that's a major factor to me being wrong when I say I think this will be Lloyd's third best team in his three seasons there. If Balo's awesome, if he's you know not just uh, a top five guy in the Pac-12, but maybe a top 15 player nationally, that that's obviously a long way. So we'll we'll see on that. I think he's got a good chance. I do really really like his game. And then as for Love, I mean, we'll see. Let's let's just do an over under here. Caleb Love's career field goal percentage is 36 percent, and from the and from three point range, it's 31.7. But let's just do field goal percentage. Over under Caleb Love shoots 36 percent. This season at Arizona, Gary Parish. I'll actually take the over. Um, he has shot better than that um, in seasons at North Carolina. And, you know, Tommy Lloyd um, has implemented at Arizona, you know, an offense that rates, that has rated really well um, over the past couple of years, his only two years as a head coach. I'm assuming Arizona is going to be good on offense again. And if so, I think Caleb Love will, will you know, He'll he'll finish about thirty six percent from the field. That's not great. Like the goal shouldn't be can I shoot thirty six point one percent, but it would be better um, than what he has done through throughout uh, his career um, over that time at North Carolina. He's never been better than thirty seven point eight, right? But he has been better than thirty six. So I'll take the over. I'll say over as well. You want him above 40, obviously. And if you can get him to 45, that's a magic number. I did talk to Tommy Lloyd recently about Caleb Love and. Listen, it is, it is the middle of summer, but, uh, you know, he couldn't have been more effusive in his praise over Caleb Love showing up without an agenda, wanting to be coached, wanting to get better and being like a consummate teammate since he got there. And and Tommy said he was, you know, very straightforward in his pitch because obviously, you know, Arizona fans are familiar with this. And I think most people, frankly, if you listen to the pod in the offseason, you're familiar. But Caleb Love left Carolina, committed to Michigan. And then because of the way that, you know, credits transfer at Michigan, if you're not a graduate student and if you're not like a freshman, you know, getting into Michigan and having this, it's just a very, very thin uh, needle to thread, so to speak. And so that didn't work for Caleb Love. So he left and then decided, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else and, Given his, his skill set and his potential, obviously he was highly coveted at the high major level. Nevertheless, despite you know a fairly disastrous last season at Carolina, but since he got to Arizona, uh, to hear Tommy lay it out, it just hasn't been a thing. Now they haven't played a damn game yet, so we'll see. We will see about that. And there's no shortage of skepticism around um, if Caleb Love is going to be the kind of player who can elevate Arizona. Right? Is he going to be able to revert to some of what he was earlier in his career? Are we going to see uh, new facets to his game, uh, period? Is he going to have any kind of commitment to the defensive end? Like, you talk to any any coach that had to, to scheme against Carolina, like Caleb Love was a sieve on that end of the floor. And obviously, Arizona is more known for its offense than its defense. That's not even a question. So I don't exactly anticipate Caleb Love to turn into an all-league defensive player in the Pac-12. But his inclusion on this roster certainly is tasty because if he does hit and if he is a reliable offensive player and if there's at least a willingness to try and play some semblance of defense, then you really adjust Arizona's ceiling overall. I 
I don't I'm not going to sit here and make a proclamation. I find it fascinating as hell because I think Boswell has a chance to become a very good multi-year player with Arizona. I think this is a very pivotal year for his development and Caleb Love being a guy that comes in and plays alongside him and not necessarily against him. Sometimes coaches will talk about when you've got teammates, sometimes it feels like they are actually playing against each other consciously or subconsciously. I think that's going to be crucial uh, to the team chemistry overall. Uh, Broadly speaking, what about you? What's your entry level or expectations if you have any for what love is going to bring to Arizona? I think he'll be better, still flawed, still frustrating, but better. Mm -hmm. I I think Caleb Love is about to have the best season of college basketball he's ever had. Now, will will, will Arizona fans still be trashing him on Twitter uh, some nights after a, a three of 17? Probably. He'll have those. Um, but I think he'll have fewer of them. I think he'll be, I think he'll be good. I think, I think he'll be good. I think they'll be good. But the shooting percentages, I mean, he's got to be more efficient. Like, hey, congratulations on scoring 16 points a game or whatever. But if you got to take 47,000 shots to get there, you're, right. you're not helping. You're not helping anybody. Last season, his true shooting percentage was 49.1, and that was 23.4 percentage points behind Creighton's Ryan Cockbrenner. Cockbrenner was at 72.5. He led the nation. <laughs> <laughs> to be Caleb fair, Love. they are drastically different players. Very different, very different, yeah. very different players. But you know, they, I guess my point is, um, <laughs> if you got Caleb Love and Ryan Cockburner on the same team, throw it to the other guy. <laughs> He's got a much better chance of of actually turning this into a positive possession. So the uh, the percentages have got to be better. The efficiency's got to be better. I suspect that it will be not to the point where he's not sometimes frustrating, but I think to the point where when it's all over with, we'll say, yeah, Arizona was smart to take Caleb Love. Because uh, do you believe this? I'm not sure every school would take Caleb Love, talented oh, as he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I think no, I think some schools would have just been like, yeah, I don't need that. That's going to mess up my team. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't need a new guy coming in and want to take all the shots when he doesn't make very many of them. Yeah, that was definitely definitely part of it. Um, all right, let's do uh, let's do so what we one, did there's last. One, there's, well, there's oh. one other guy I want to mention sure. because uh, given Tommy's background, I, I think we always assume when he became a head coach, he was going to flourish in the international market uh, because he you know, recruited internationally heavily uh, mm-hmm. while uh, at Gonzaga. Um, the the roster is filled with international prospects, and I, I'd be lying to you if I told you, oh yeah, I've seen them all a lot because I haven't. You but didn't discover is- any of these dudes. I didn't I discover any of these dudes. I, I give Tommy Lloyd all the credit for all of these. But um, there is one who just got finished, I believe, playing in the FIBA U-20 European Championships. His name's, uh, I believe the pronunciation is right, Matthias Krivis. He's a seven foot two big from Lithuania. And he just had three double-doubles in the FIBA U-20 European Championships. He played for the same team in Lithuania that Kirkisa played for. He's from Lithu- Lithuania, just like DeMontis Sabonis, whom Tommy Lloyd recruited to Gonzaga. So the um, connections there are obvious and, and well-documented. But, like, you know, it, that, that's another – he's a seven-foot-two big who has been productive on the international stage there that, you know, perhaps he can be, you know, we focus so much on the probable or at least possible starting lineup. If we take those five guys, we've already, you know, uh, talked about and pencil them in. Um, well then you got, you know, somebody who, you know, is at least interesting coming off your bench. Another big um, who, you know, again, has accomplished some things on the international level. Yeah. And the, it- with the way that Tommy coaches the team, there's also a potential that uh, a guy really pops through um, 
or a returning uh, that you know winds up being a bigger factor than we're than we're leading on here. It's July. We'll wait and see how things develop. Here is the schedule. We're going to do over under win total regular season. Now we did this last year. Mm-hmm. We started on like the third episode, which means Arizona didn't get one. Arizona, you get one this year. Now the entire non-con is not out, but most games have been organized. Actually, there were some rumblings in recent weeks that Arizona. This is not on the schedule, and I do not believe it's going to happen. Arizona against FAU, I think in Vegas. I want to say it was like a couple days before Christmas, but that has, I believe that has fallen through. Uh, it would have been great, but uh, but that's not happening. Potentially, you, you, can't, you can't end last season with a loss to Princeton and then mess around with the Owls in December. Uh, well, I would have liked yeah. to have seen it, but I, I don't think that's happening. Uh, the, I, I think Arizona might still be playing the game, I don't know who's sponsoring it. I don't know who's organizing it, but I think FAU is getting replaced. I don't have the details as to why it's not going to happen. Hell, maybe this will reverse course and make it happen. But that's the game not on the schedule. I think that was uh, there were talks, but that uh, they fell through. Here's who Arizona has as we are recording this. Second game of the season at Duke. Home and home starts this season. Next year, next season, I should say, Uh the uh, the Wildcats will will welcome in Duke for a non-con home and home that will be the first that Duke has had in literally decades. Uh, it's great to see there. So that's the second game. Then two days later, remember the Pac-12 and the SWAC have their uh, multi-year agreement where Pac-12 teams are going on the road and playing at yeah, SWAC. That, that, that went that went brilliantly last season. Who was the team that lost? They all lost. They all lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't all lose, but I, I think it was more than one. Hey, listen, I do, I, but I like it. So they're at Southern. So Arizona's playing at Duke the second game, and then the third game of the season, they're at Southern on their way back to the West Coast there. They will then host Belmont. They're hosting Belmont, but Belmont's a good team. Casey Alexander's a really good coach. And then in game five, uh, this is Matt Ishby, I think, helped make this happen, the Suns owner and the Michigan State uh, former uh, walk-on, obviously, under Izzo. It will be Arizona versus Michigan State in Palm Springs. Uh, there's no MTE, I believe, for Arizona this season. They're not playing in any of the big events. They'll host Colgate, another good mid-major, and then they play Wisconsin on December 9th. Two more neutrals in December to know about versus Purdue. It's pretty great, right? In Indianapolis on December 16th, and then on December 19th, they're playing Alabama in Phoenix in the Jerry Colangelo Hall of Fame Classic. So I think Zona still has two more non-cons to fill out. At least one of those will be a bye game, maybe two, but uh, maybe the FAU uh, deal in Vegas gets replaced with another notable team. So we are flying slightly blind here, but over under regular season win total, 31 games in the regular season. Last year, uh, they were 25, what, 25 wins the year before that, 28. I'm going to say... They go 23-8 and eight in the regular season. Give me the Wildcats with 23 wins and eight losses because I got to figure they'll get picked off at least four times in league play and then four losses between they're at Duke. Maybe they win the Michigan State game. Maybe they win Wisconsin, but maybe they lose to Bertuin in, in, in Alabama. Um, I'd vacillated between 24-7, and 23-8, but I will 23 wins for Zona in the regular season. What about you? I had the exact same number. I got there differently. <laughs> I had the we did number. this last season. There were like 11 episodes when I would do this, and Paris was like, I have the exact same number. <laughs> what if I just say that every time? <laughs> do not! You... Some <laughs> of these, you're going, you're going first on some of these, but it was the first okay. one I figured I'd, I'd ease it um, up. Okay, so I, got it, I, got, I get to that number slightly differently than you do. I, 
I'll go two non-league losses. So basically Purdue, Duke, Michigan State, I say they go one and two in that in those three and win everything else. So two non-league losses. Then I'll go 14 and six in the league. So that puts you at eight losses before the Pac-12 tournament. 31 minus eight is 23. There we go. 23 wins. And that's that's a team. You've had a team ranked 17th at 23 wins. That's eh, probably that's probably fair. Maybe a little high. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, we'll see. It's the first one. I got nothing else. It's in the books. This one even went a couple minutes longer because I explained the whole eBay thing. Yeah, God, thank God. I don't even, I don't even know that I... It's a total disaster. I don't even know if I understood what you were doing. So, anyway. anyway. Who's next? What's the next episode? I, I have no idea. Do you? <laughs> I do. I do. Actually, not a one fact check me in real time because we have... It's Arkansas. All right. I love the hogs. <laughs> Save it for the next show. Okay, Arizona okay. right now. Okay, okay, down. Okay. Uh, again, I don't know how it works, but we are auctioning off a 21st episode and possibly a 22nd <laughs> episode. <laughs> I don't right. feel right telling people if you were the winning bidder on yes. this, this is what you get. And then not delivering but I don't feel right. Having told people on multiple prior episodes, we would be auctioning off the bid into August and it ends in July. Well, you got to talk. Hey, listen, it's, I didn't there we go. <laughs> talk to whoever messed you know it up. I'm blaming this on Vecini. I think Vecini did a bit. It's probably Sam Vecini. Well, we can do 21 episodes and we can get Cobb and Boone to do the 22nd one or something. We'll <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't think that's what viewers are signing up for. We'll, we'll figure it out. Either way, all proceeds go to St. Jude. And yes. uh, if that means that uh, we ha- we do a 22nd episode instead of just 21, then uh, hand to heart is fine with me because that is a, an amazing place in my hometown. Um, you know, I, I go there and I speak to the kids um, whenever they ask um, just to spend time with them. And it is it is Do they ever ask. Uh, oh, sure. Yes. Huh? Yes. I mean, I, I like. I, they ask you. Yeah, I want to be clear. I, I don't think the kids know who I am, you know, because these kids come from all all over the country. Um, but but yes, they do ask sometimes, and I go sometimes um, on a more personal level. Um, our little neighbors there right now. Yeah, I mean, it's Tell just me us down in Augusta. Yeah, uh, little boy's nine years old. He has grown up down the street from us. My kids go to his house and play. He comes to our house and play. Uh, you know, a month ago, he was ha- swimming in my backyard. Literally a month ago, starts not feeling well, run all the tests, can't figure thing, anything out, run all the tests, boom, non-Hopkins lymphoma for a nine-year-old, stage four cancer, scary, scary stuff. One week he's swimming in my backyard. Two weeks later, he's getting his first chemo treatment at St. Jude. But here's the point, not to make anybody sad, although it's obviously a sad and scary thing. He's got a chance. And the reason he has a chance is because he's now at St. Jude. And the reason he has a chance at St. Jude is because people all over this world um, donate to that place to allow families to go through absolute nightmare situations uh, with no expense. He goes to St. Jude. He'll never get a bill. His parents will never get a bill. Um, they're there to treat him. They're there to get him better. They're not there to make money off of him. And the reason they can operate that hospital the way they do is because people donate. So um, it was never my idea to auction off a 21st episode last year, but I'm glad that we did. Um, and if we do 21 or 22 this season, it'll be um, it'll be money well spent by whoever spends that money. 
because, um, yeah, we'll talk about your favorite basketball team for 20, 25 minutes, but you also be making an impact in a, on a hospital that uh, is doing just absolutely uh, amazing work. Those thank you guys who have already, I guess, won one auction. Thank you guys in advance for whoever's going to win the next auction. If and- you want to get to the bid. Okay. So the, so GP and I and the Ion CBB podcast will continue to link out the bid link at eBay for this. And after GP kind of laid that out, we hope you're even more motivated, whether it's you individually or a group of friends, whatever. If you are not in this group of 20 schools, you are eligible to get the bonus app or apps, I should say. So here, here is one more reminder, the schools that we are doing in this. OK, Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor, Connecticut, Creighton, Duke, FAU, Gonzaga, Houston, Kansas, Kentucky, Marquette, Miami, Michigan State, North Carolina, Purdue, San Diego State, St. John's, Texas, USC. Those are the 20 on the docket. The 21st will have been won by the time you're listening to this, and we will have the one that will go again all the way until August 25th. But start rallying now. We want to raise as much money as possible for St. Jude. We appreciate you. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Have you been following the Long Island serial killer case? Not a chance in hell. Okay, you know there's a Long Island serial killer, right? Can we just wrap this episode? This is amazing. This is amazing. So I'm reading all about it. This guy just got busted. He's killed like maybe 18 people, right? They've charged him with three murders so far, but more to come. The story's incredible. All right. He's just been sitting out there living a normal life. Like his office was by the Empire State Building. Like they arrested this guy last Thursday, uh, a mile from where I'm sitting right now. All right. So I'm reading about him. And they said he owns property in three different places. No. Uh, one in no. Uh, Long, Long Island. He no. owns a timeshare in Las Vegas. And he also owns land in Chester, South Carolina. And that his plan was to retire from his architect firm and and retire to Chester, South Carolina. Did Chester what if there would have been a serial killer in nah, Chester, South Carolina? They might have to lose shouts. <laughs> Chester might have to lose the shouts. Chester, South Carolina, home of Devin Downey and possible future home of the Long Island serial killer. Put that on a interstate sign, you know? Ah, oh, man. What a wild situation. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for watching. Listen to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify. Rate it, review it. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. This is episode one. We got two more coming this week. Can't wait. Talk to you soon. Till then, take care. Bye.